0: welcome to hot lava podcast my name is kevin ac potter's beat writer for the union tribune jay posner uh, my boss at the union tribune jay welcome me back i'm back in san diego i'm in the office it's like a museum in here it's like a newspaper museum i'm the only person it's like wow there's piles of newspapers and it's where people used to work before the pandemic
1: um it's, it's i know it's so weird i've gone in there a couple times to pick up things and you, you kind of wonder is this really this is really where stuff <laughs> used to happen and we used to you you know, used to come all, every day I did I came at least five days a week and you, there's a stack of papers still on my desk and uh, That's right over there looking looking right at it. So it's uh, give a wave I, I would say water the plants but th- there's no plants there's so, no
0: plants right. glad so, back, I'm glad
1: you're back in town it's a, it's a pretty good weekend to be in San Diego Kevin,
0: it's a big weekend they don't get bigger. And I'm not sure what that says about us, Jay. Uh, But uh, it's been a while since they get bigger at Petco Park. Padres hosting the Dodgers for three. Tonight, Ryan Weathers against Walker Bueller. Tomorrow, you Darvish against Clayton Kershaw. And Sunday, Blake Snell uh, against Trevor Bauer. This is going to be good. I don't know if he's pitching with one eye open or one eye (laughs) shut, but whatever. It's going to be great. Jay? I have seen you on uh, the social media, which uh, you're you're a huge fan of the social media. Uh, I've seen you kind of playing this down. Kind of run through me here kind of the, the context that you would like to put this series in.
1: I, I think this series is extremely exciting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be great energy at the ballpark. I'm excited to get there for a couple games. Um, the one thing that I, I don't want to say... Worries me, scares me because that's overdoing it. But you know, it's three base. It's it's three baseball games out of 162. If the Padres win, I and I'm, I'm going to say this ahead of time so that I, I can't be accused of making excuses for anybody or or anything like that. If the Padres win all three games, or if the Padres lose all three games, or some, it's more likely something in the middle. I don't think that really says anything about either one of these teams that's going to be particularly relevant when we get into October which is when we know that things are going to be decided. I think I don't think there's a big dispute that the Dodgers have a better team right now than the Padres do. The Dodgers have a better team than everyone does. As we saw in Pittsburgh where the Padres lost a couple games and the sky was falling, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So these are three games, I don't buy that it sets a tone for the 19 games ahead of time. The Dodgers are pitching their three best guys. They don't but they also don't have Bellinger probably for the entire weekend. The Padres are pitching a, a rookie tonight who's never started a game and then throwing you know, their two best guys the next two days. Fernando Tatis hasn't played in 10 days. We have no idea what he's going to be like when he's out there. Uh, we don't know what Will Myers is going to be like. They don't have Austin Nola. I just think it's a little bit farcical almost to put too much emphasis on these three games other than just enjoy them and hope for good baseball games. I'm just hoping that, that at least one of the three games finishes in under four hours.
0: Oh, you and preferably, me both. Friends.
1: Preferably tonight's the seven yeah. ten start.
0: Yeah, as if it matters with the early Friday deadline, it could I take know. two hours. I'd still miss it. How do you look? I'm sure you
1: look at it a little bit differently than uh, um, than I do. But and you've been around the team, although I guess you're not really around the team. You're just in the same <laughs> structure as they are. But what 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 sense do you get on this uh, uh, on this weekend?
0: That they believe. And maybe this is what's most important, though, probably not, uh, because it depends on that when they meet a week from now uh, in, in uh, Los Angeles for four games, right. but that they believe it can set a tone. All right. Now they lose two or three. They'll downplay that part. Uh, yeah. But that's how it is. Uh, that, that's yeah. how it is. Uh, and I think you're. Absolutely spot on. And I do think the reason I'm excited for it is there's going to be fans in the stands. The Padres are actually relevant. I didn't have to just ask guys in the days leading up to this. Well, you know, has this a measuring stick? You know, are you guys getting closer to the Dodgers? Hey, those are still like relevant since that's the defending World Series champion. That's won eight in a row. But the Padres are a legitimate contender. And I think that that's I think that should be exciting for everybody.
1: But I agree. And I think they're a legitimate I think they're a legitimate contender no matter what happens this weekend. I yes. mean, this this is not, you know, they could get blown out in three straight games and they're still a legitimate contender. And the same thing, you know, if they blow out the Dodgers in three straight games, the Dodgers are still legitimate. So that that's the only thing. I'm not denying in any way that this is that this is exciting or that people shouldn't be excited about it. I, I my only my only thing is I, I think there should be a little bit of perspective, which is of course all too rare uh in many circles these days
0: yeah but we try to provide it uh, and listen <laughs> to me and this brings us to our to our guest uh, uh an old friend of, of both of ours uh we've spent a lot of time covering things with him uh a, a fantastic guy i don't just throw that word around either because i never say that about you jay but uh, uh sam farmer from the los angeles times wrote a, a story and to me it's really sort of the story right now in the early going or the early goings of the season it's the rivalry and, and whether there is one and what there is to it. And man, I didn't realize Sam was going to spend like his entire life the last, uh, other than the masters um, for the last um, couple months. Cause that's when I heard you were working on it, Sam. I, I, I read most of it as my plane landed this morning. Uh, first of all, welcome Sam to the hot lava podcast. I know you've been waiting a long time to be on the hot lava podcast.
2: Well, I know well that's a big day. It's a landmark day. I got a circle to my calendar. Um, yeah, no, thanks for that introduction. And, and, uh, I too don't call you a great guy, Jay. So that's
1: uh... I, I know. It's, it's, it's good. It's it's good that you guys have something in common other than other than having spent way too many hours writing about football, a football team that no one right now cares about in either San Diego or Los Angeles. So uh, Sam and I, going
0: for you. Sam and I spent <laughs> way too many hours, and Sam far more than I came onto the scene. But we in 2016, 17. 2016. We spent way too many hours out in front of NFL headquarters on on Park oh, Avenue, yeah. in, in Freezing, 20 degrees,
2: <laughs> trying to write on our you know laps laptops perched on our knees and trying to hide uh, in that you know, bank
0: office where they wouldn't let yeah, us hide. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, good times. Are, but Sam, are good tell times. us, tell us, and everybody, it's it's on the LA Times website. It's on the Union Tribune website. Tell us what what was the thing in, as you kind of delved into this. Something that I kind of think that maybe you weren't as familiar with as you are now uh, into this rivalry or the origins of it.
2: I guess the whole thing, um, if I were to break it down, was a vehicle to talk to Cameron (laughs) Crowe. Well done, and Jay feels me on that one. Absolutely, Any excuse, I, he's got pastimes in the in the background there. I know he's got almost famous there as well. So, uh, you know, I, it could have been anything, but as long as I get to call Cameron Crow and get his <laughs> take on San Diego, I'd be happy. So, no, I mean it was, and and you and I talked Kevin about this, and Jay and I talked about this because I was really a fish out of water writing about baseball. It's been many many years since I've covered baseball as a, as a fill-in guy. But this story in general wasn't uh, really about baseball. Baseball was only the vehicle. It was really about the sort of strange and one-sided rivalry between San Diego and LA. And I, and I feel a real affinity for San Diego. My brother lives in Carlsbad. My folks have lived in Del Mar for the last 35 years. So I, I love San Diego. And I was sort of enmeshed in that that whole drama, uh, with the chargers over the last 15 years before they moved to LA, um, the sort of tango and flirtation they had with LA. So I feel like I got to know San Diego quite a bit. I'll tell you, I really miss that trip down on the train, on the surf liner, um, it, to, to Salada beach. Uh, and even dating back to when this station was in Del Mar, I loved that. Um,
0: you can still come down, to, Sam. I mean, we still
2: have eighteen. I know. I, mean. I know. I, I, and and this gave me a reason to sort of focus my attention on San Diego, and it's just so rich with stories of, of the. But it, it's it's kind of this weird, and I've always felt this this weird uh, simultaneous uh, inferiority and superiority complex that San Diego has about L. A. You know that that. You're living in the shadow of L.A. L.A. sort of gets things first. L.A. has all these sports teams and everything. And yet nobody in San Diego wants to be L.A. Uh, it's smelly. Right. They can't stand it. And L.A. just sort of uh, blithely goes along oblivious to this. And says, I love San Diego, <laughs> little do they know, San Diego hates them. Uh, and so it was fun to sort of... Drill down on that a little bit. I talked to Nick Hardwick in the story where, you know, he said it's a conundrum. And it was funny. I was just texting with Hardwick and I said, you know, when else are you going to get to use conundrum in a story? (laughs) But he said, it's a conundrum. We're not LA and the good things about LA, but we're not LA and the bad things about LA. So uh, anyway, it was fun to do it and really neat to talk to Steve Garvey at length about. Being up in Ray Kroc's house on yeah. Matt Soledad, and, and that was great. Sort of the floor to ceiling windows, and looking down south at that sort of anchor man view of the San Diego skyline <laughs> in 1982, and then looking north to North County, and knowing that beyond that is Camp Pendleton and Orange County in LA, and how Ray Kroc in 1982 had these strange monitors on his desk. And he said, these are personal computers, Stevie. And he's like, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's <laughs> what blew his mind. And he said, he said, I'm, I'm monitoring sales in, in North America and McDonald's sales in North America and and uh, Europe. And, and Garvey was like, from your home? Could <laughs> you possibly do that? So it was just fun. I mean, it's great. Just, uh, I really enjoyed writing the story.
1: I love I the guess, part. I, I was like, going to say, I love the part where where you talk about San Diego and LA and Bill Walton, who I, I'm sure it's always difficult to draw stuff out of Bill, as, as yeah, as, as
0: we know, <laughs> you know
1: was, but as long as it takes to say hi, Bill, how are you? And, and oh yeah, exactly. Come I come back I said, an hour an hour later, uh, but I, I, said, I thought that it was interesting that he he said, I think it was him that said you. You know, you just look at the weekends and on on Fridays, Friday nights and Saturdays, especially, you, you know, so many people just pouring down from L.A. to be to spend the weekend in San Diego and Sunday night. Obviously, the opposite is true. And I, I've always felt and I, I I went, you know, I went to I lived in both cities. I went to college in L.A. I've lived here ever since. I've um, had family and friends in L.A. and covered countless events up there. And I've always had that same sense that you got across in the story that people in LA really like San Diego and because <laughs> yeah. it's a, you know, it's different from what they have. I mean, it's, and they, they like to escape almost to come down here. Um, and people in San Diego hate LA and, and it's, it's Kevin mentioned, it's sort of this one-sided rivalry. Um, and w- what else did Bill have to say about it? Cause he's kind of in the same position as I am a little bit, where he, he's lived here most of his life, but he did go to school uh, in L.A. What, what else did he share with you?
2: Yeah, um, he talked about uh, growing up and being a fan of the Padres, even before they were a Major League Baseball team, and, and, uh, and of the Chargers, the early Chargers, uh, and riding his bike over uh, from his house in uh, La Mesa, to the practice fields and sort of learning um uh learning the art of rebounding by fielding uh fly bo- or, or or foul balls you know and sort of getting posi- getting in position he said the ushers were always nice to little billy the little red-haired kid with a with a flat top or whatever he, you know i didn't realize he was such a huge padres fan uh, you know we, we sort of texted back and forth about when we were gonna talk and he said well how much time do you need and i said bill i need you for like five minutes (laughs) so like an hour hour and a half later (laughs) right (laughs) i mean he was really but but he was just terrific and and his depth of knowledge on the topic and you could tell he's he's truly a a Padres fan and a San Diego fan and, and, you know, talk, he's the whole thing, you know, we got, we got cleaner air, we got cleaner water, we got cleaner beaches. I was like, okay, dude, I get it. I get it okay LA is a little like that. Um, 10 years ago or something that was a, there was a book that came out of he's just not that into you. LA is kind of like that. It, you know, he doesn't realize that, they're just not that into you Uh, whether you're in Seattle and it's all this unrequited love where we say the Bay area. Oh man, San Francisco is awesome. What a great place. (laughs) Really? They hate us. (laughs) 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 But I think it's, uh, but he has that, that uh, interesting perspective having been an LA icon as, as one of the, Key members of John Wooden's teams and um, and an appreciation for Los Angeles that he has, but true love for San Diego, and that's what I really found in Cameron Crowe too, and just how he said, you know, uh, the almost famous uh, musical when he had all these possible places where he could have opened the musical; it could have been in Boston or Dallas or. But then he said, they said, or you could open it in San Diego. He's like, San Diego? We can open the musical in San Diego? Like at the Old Globe Theater? Because he lived right across the street from the Old Globe. And he said his mom used to drag him to Shakespeare there. And (laughs) and he said it was like four hours of Shakespeare. And he'd be like, oh, mom. But then when it came around, he's like, oh, man, I used to watch Shakespeare at the Old Globe. (laughs) know, now it suddenly became a point of pride. But he said when... And this is in the story, and and Kevin, when you finally get around to finishing the story, uh, <laughs> well, you're it. for me. Gosh. But you know that that uh, you know that uh, condo complex that's right in the like left center field uh, overlooking Petco. Well, that's where they put him up um, for the debut of all, the almost famous musical. And he said he was really nervous coming down from LA and and nervous about doing a face plant in his hometown with this musical and everything. And he said, he got off the freeway in San Diego and he said, I felt that warm feeling come over me and that, that San Diego vibe. And he said, it was just all, everything was right in the world. And and uh, they put him up in that place. And he said, he looked out the window and you could actually see the field and the Padres were playing the Dodgers. And he's like, I felt like I'm home, I'm home. This is where I, I need to be. So. I thought well that's that's awesome and uh, I'm glad I I called him on that because again this was all a vehicle to talk to Cameron Crow
0: <laughs> and that's a great way to and Jay,
2: I know uh, I know Jay you're you would be in the exact same position cuz you love Cameron Crow
1: absolutely and I and I was lucky enough to see the musical uh, oh, wow. you know when it debuted, and and uh, I, I told Sam the story when we talked that Cameron was actually just out in front of the theater before before it started, and and my wife and I were there and like, wait, is that Cameron Crowe right there? And and he was just going around talking to people, thanking people for coming, taking pictures uh, with them. I have a great picture of my wife with him. And, and would it be uh,
2: helpful uh, for to, for the you know folks watching this to know who Cameron Crowe is if they don't? Can you tell us? who Cameron Crowe is? I mean, if they don't sure, know, I mean, I'm sure there's no, so no, people I, I, out there who are like.
1: Right. Famed, famed, uh, screenwriter. And, uh, he, he wrote fast times at Ridgemont high, which of course is based <clears throat> from his time as an undercover student at, uh, at Claremont high here in, in San Diego. And, and he's done many other, uh, many other movies, including, including almost famous. And uh, and then he developed Maguire,
2: musical, right and uh, anything, I think yeah.
1: singles uh, and then developed a uh, a musical based on Almost Famous, which debuted at the Old Globe in the year before all the pandemic started. And um, so it was. Uh, I, I know for anybody who's a fan of his of his work, it's it's great. Like you, you got to talked to him a lot more than I did. But even just meeting him, <clears throat> he seemed very genuine and very much like you would hope that someone yeah, like exactly. that would be not, you know, he, he not didn't
2: disappoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things that he said <laughs> that I thought was really interesting, obviously music is such a big part of his movies and those sort of iconic songs in fast times or in, in uh, almost famous for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtracks is, is a big deal, but I started my career. My really, my first full-time job was a sports writer in Seattle, two small papers up there. Um, Bellevue, Washington and Camp Washington, but when I moved to Seattle, they were just finishing, they just finished filming Singles, which is a great movie and probably un- underappreciated, so funny, uh, but it was right at sort of the leading edge of the grunge craze, and I, I used to drive by that apartment, Singles apartment complex all the time, which they had sort of modified by putting a fountain there, but the whole thing is based on the singles and i know this is what you wanted to talk about on the podcast (laughs) podcast but but he said that apartment that was central was actually eddie vetter's apartment eddie vetter's in the singles as you know Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of cool that they filmed a lot of it in his old apartment where he lived so Another,
1: another san diegan
0: so. Well, and what Sam doesn't know is how important the Vetter Cup is to a lot of Padres fans. <laughs> I mean, the, the rivalry between the Padres and the Mariners, Sam, you have no idea.
2: Yes. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We we try to manufacture rivalries out of anything. <laughs> it's like changing uniforms, um, which yeah. you also talk about in the uh, in the story. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that far. I yeah. apologize. I was flying this morning. I think this has been fantastic discussion because whether a lot of people know it or not, I think like the hatred of LA is at the heart of your hatred for the Dodgers, or they're like they're intertwined. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, for and if, sure. If it were vice versa, if the feeling were mutual, it would it would also be you know your hatred of our beaches and our perfect uh, air and everything. That's what you wouldn't <laughs> like about us.
2: But uh, <laughs> in the fact that in the fact that the Padres, now that the Chargers are gone, the Padres, uh, San Diego is the only city that only uh, has a Major League Baseball team. So mm-hmm. all the other Major League cities have at least an NBA team, an NFL team, a hockey team. Um, San Diego is the only city with one team, and so that's the one club, the one cudgel it can beat over the head of LA. <laughs> so that only adds to sort of the import of this, and and uh, people feel it really strongly. So
0: I, I do think Jay. Go ahead, don't Kevin. you, Jay, that like, I mean, because we wondered, oh, are, are Chargers fans going to go over to the Padres? And I couldn't tell you exactly how much that's happened. But I do believe the Padres have become more important to San Diego since the Chargers left, without a doubt.
1: Well, I, I think that's true. But I and I think it it took the Padres getting really good, though. I don't think people yes. were just sort of the casual fan was not going to be. Oh, hey, terribly I'm interested gonna... in the Padres if, if they were going to lose 95 games every year. But That's by the point. Padres, you know, investing investing money the last couple of years, and and obviously getting really good now, I think they have a chance to catch that casual fan. I mean, I, my feeling is this has always been a football town. Uh, it's going to take a lot to change that. But I think there's great excitement here for the Padres when they're good, like they are at this point. And I and I do think that Dodger fans, from as best I can tell, have paid more attention now to the Padres in these last couple of years. And I do think these games are more meaningful and, and look, the Padres, the Dodgers and the giants is a rivalry that dates back for, you know, decades and across the country and everything. I, I the, the Padres are not going to be able to get to a point where it's going to be that sort of longstanding hatred, but in the short term, I, I think Dodger fans certainly are paying more attention now to the Padres than they are to the giants. Although the Giants are off to a good start, I don't think most of us expect that to uh, to last. But I, I do think that's part of what goes into this, especially these next ten days, where you've got seven games in ten days, and then as the season goes on, and then what we you know would expect and hope to be another meeting uh, in October, uh, hopefully with both teams healthy and everybody gets their best shot. And and it's not just a one year thing either. I mean, the Padres are built to be good for a few years, and the you know the Dodgers have been good for almost a almost a decade now and don't show any signs of letting up. So I, I think that just sort of adds adds to it in that sense. Do you have that sense, Sam, being I mean, that yeah, in, in LA? Yeah, I, I, that I it's do. A... I,
2: I do, and I, I also think there's another element that we really haven't talked about, and that's the experience for the fans and going to Petco Park versus going to Dodger Stadium and the vibe at Petco, Petco Park and sort of the creature comforts of that cool ballpark. Which LA, you know, Dodger Stadium is iconic, and there's so much history there, and it's a cool location and everything. But it's it's definitely older. It's definitely a different vibe, and I think with the way that uh, LA fans tend to populate Petco Park when the Dodgers play there, uh, maybe not this year, but there's an appreciation of what could be and what and that sort of the vibe that the guys got. Uh, from the Dodgers maybe in the 70s and 80s and what it was like to bring your family to a game, et cetera. And, and L.A. is lacking that uh, to some extent. But they s- still have the you know Dodger DNA in the Seidlers uh, mm-hmm. to some degree uh, with a twist, obviously. But I think something else you brought up was really interesting, and that is in talking about the Southern California DNA, people aren't going to support a team that's not – entertaining is not competitive it's not good it's not like you're in cleveland and it's what you get what you get and you don't complain uh (laughs) people are going to find other things to do so the padres had to be compelling to capture that uh chargers fan base and i think they've effectively done that maybe even better than people expected
1: yeah, I think the, the only thing that was a little disappointing was they, and it, nobody could foresee that. I don't think that the Chargers were just going to, you know, leave at that very moment that the Padres couldn't see that a few years earlier and sort of, boy, when they leave, we're going to be good right away. It's taken a couple of years to get to that. But I, I definitely think that, that the Padres have a huge opportunity here. In were they the supposed city. to make
0: Fernando Tatis Jr. older quicker or what? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, obviously, but, you know, the rebuild that they planned in 2015 or whatever, uh, you know, they would, it would have been better, of course, if it could have been hurried along. But I think the fact that it's, that it's here now is is the Padres taking advantage of that opportunity that the, that the Chargers presented them basically by leaving and and going to uh, a place where, you know, they're, they're so welcome and Everybody yeah. can't wait, I know, for the season to uh, uh, to start.
2: Yeah, I want to give credit to Kevin, too, because really I was thinking about – I had to mine him for all types of information about sort of the, the feelings of, of San Diego uh, uh, and about the Padres and what made the Padres different, what set them apart. And he really came up with the concept, which I think had some um, – I was happy with uh, you know I was saying Dodgers are like IBM and 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 I thought sort of beachside burger stand I don't know what the Padres are and he said the Padres are like a startup and I thought you know that's really good I'm going to steal that and I won't credit you um, and so now we're that a I'm team. we're a team and you know I mean that would be out in the atmosphere if anybody watched this podcast so I'm, I'm glad <laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> we're, of,
2: our, we're going to have friends, right? I mean, we're going
1: to we're going to have record record numbers now that we that we have a big time sports writer from a big time it's, paper it's, in a big time city on board. I mean, it, it's, it's not the first time a neighborhood, neighborhood show anymore. Yeah, you
2: guys certainly. love me just like you love LA. I'm sure. Well, you know, we couldn't get
1: we couldn't get Plashkey, so uh, <laughs> you know we have a
2: pinch hitter. <laughs>
1: we'll share all we'll, with the theme. Bill's like, wait, Bill, Bill was, we'll, we'll try for Bill when, he, when the games get really important later on. <laughs> exactly. see if, uh, we'll see if I'm we
2: can the, get Bill there. I'm the April <laughs> guest. Exactly. Wait till exactly. September.
0: No one's going to remember April, Sam. You don't know baseball, but it's just like this is like, – we're basically us out of spring training right now, Sammy. Um,
2: so, guys, this is a dress rehearsal. We're cutting this part out. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, we've been done for 10 minutes. Uh, I do think that it was important – hey, speaking again, and to to San Diego fans, at least a certain segment, they loved the idea that, in at least in our minds – that the Padres stole the show from the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers won the, the fake World Series in the 60 game, right? And then the Padres went out and had this great offseason. And and, and yeah. Padres fans are really reveling in that. Like, hey, we, you know, we, we stole the show from these guys, that fake World Series. Now, you know, and it, hey, look, in conclusion, what it's going to take for it to really be a rivalry is for the Padres to actually win a season series and maybe win a World Series. That that's what it's going to take because uh, it's been like nine years since they even went six and five against these guys or whatever it is. So yeah, um, that, more that, than that, that's win it. a
2: season series, you got to win a World Series. Well, you have I to mean, win a World Series. you one in, yes. the Padres are one and eight in World Series games. They need to win a World Series. Oh, thanks, Sam. And they need to just that, get to a World Series or getting, getting to a, to a World, World series. series or whatever, and then and then it will be on. How about getting uh, to a
0: World Series? and and not to have that san diego mentality of you know poor us but um how about getting to world series when the the two greatest teams in a, a 25 year span the tig- 84 tigers and the 98 yankees aren't there that that might be nice too um, like <laughs> i'll uh, I'll,
2: uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one little thing i was uh, it was this israel trip uh, and with and with these hall of famers and uh, it was a dinner where I was sitting next to um, Roger Staubach. And Joe Montana was at another table. Joe Montana gets up to talk and says, you know, gives a toast at this dinner. And Roger Staubach leans over and he said, did they play the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? I said, yeah, actually, they did twice. Uh, And he said, they should try the Pittsburgh Steelers off yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <see? laughs> so
2: that, that's what, you know, like you said, I mean, they, they had some pretty tough competition
0: there. Uh, well, I got to tell you that, the, Sam, this was just like I remember hanging out with you in a press box or a, a Manhattan yeah. street corner. Mm-hmm. Sam Farmer, and Jay, you'll bag me up on this, is a treasure trove of stories. Uh, it is always fantastic to talk to you, man. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope this inspired you to maybe watch uh, some baseball or, or, you know, maybe For get sure. out to a ballpark again, you know, I absolutely. Mean- all right. And this
2: podcast, I mean, you get tremendous guests. So I'll never figure out how you're getting these, this quality of guests.
0: <laughs> exactly. what, what, what we do is we have guests who talk about really good guests. I mean, Paul Conkinsburg, Cameron Crowe, Bill Walton, <laughs> we're on here. And Ray well, Clark, and we, too. And we ended with
1: Roger Staubach and Joe Montana. Mean, you yeah, there we go. we going to put that, that in a tease that, today. So. I know, <laughs> oh. Sam. Thanks, thanks very much, Sam. This is great. Yeah, we really do appreciate pleasure, you uh, guys. joining us, and it was great. thanks you the story. Yeah, I,
2: anytime. I really
1: appreciate that.
0: All right, all right, everybody. Thank you very much, Dodgers Potters. This weekend, we'll talk to you later.